0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today I have a very special guest with us. I have a Mr. Andrew LaRock. Hey, Andrew. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, So, I see the Golden Gate Bridge behind you. you, Yep. Bay Area native, born and
1: raised, except for a brief stint where I went to freeze my butt off in Minnesota. (laughs) Then came back. I yeah. I
0: was right there with you on the East Band. Those, day, those
1: Midwest, uh, yeah.
0: All right. So um Andrew, let's just go ahead and get started. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hmm. Who am I? Let's see. Uh let's see, 26 year old male, uh, the, no, (laughs) you know, the ASM, ASL. No, just joke. Uh, let's see. I am 26. Uh, I started playing video games when I was like three or four years old with Richard Sherman's busy town, something like that, because my parents already built me PCs, stuff like that. So I've always been around computers, but, uh, I started video games, the whole online gaming, uh, in t- 2005 with World of Warcraft my my cousin made the mistake of buying it for me. And from there went on to eventually join Death and Taxes, World of Warcraft's number one guild through uh, Burning Crusade. Uh, went on from there just basically sort of guild ops from number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, <laughs> other guilds and whatnot uh, along with leading you know in, in season nine uh, like the top RBG team in the world, uh, with that competitive experience aside, uh, also like really competing in BlizzCon, uh, I, League of Legends, as everybody knows the game, uh, everyone's also probably heard of TSM, Team Solo Mid, uh, so the two founders of TSM were the Din brothers, and the Din brothers went to Westmont High School, and, uh, Westmont High School happens to be the basically the sister school of Del Mar High School where I attended. And uh, before they were TSM, they needed another player to play League of Legends with uh, since you needed five. So I got to be that lucky player. Uh, but as things progressed, before I even knew League of Legends was going to get big, I was busy thinking about college. So I ventured off to college. They went, ventured, created like the official TSM, you know one season one millions of dollars now tsm's wherever uh that is that then when i was at college you know i thought hey let's you know make the next world warcraft since you know i loved mmos but coming from somebody who took zero computer classes zero you know engineering throughout whatever i had no design not artistic at all uh i still had it in my mind that I wanted to create the next World of Warcraft. So I looked online for, you know, some people to help teach me how to code and whatnot. And I found that, you know, a great group of people who remained anonymous, which you'll get in a little bit, uh, to teach me how to code and whatnot. And, uh, they were great at it. You know, they, they helped me with Unreal Engine, Unity, even CryEngine and, uh, when I actually got to the point of asking uh, how they were so good at this, they explained that they were anonymous. Uh, Now that's the jokes on me because then I started to realize anonymous is the hacker collective. Now they didn't teach me any hacking and they weren't doing any hacking, but it also explains that if you're hacker, you're probably a good video game developer. (laughs) So with that in mind, uh, Terra online as everybody's heard of it uh, or, played it, hopefully it's on all platforms now, Uh, I was able to create uh, basically, you know, a certain zone with NPCs that has now been implemented into the game itself, which then sort of broke or helped me break into the video game industry as a whole. I remember that was twice during 2012, I believe. So I decided, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to go to a video game convention for the first time. So I went to PAX when it was called PAX Prime, not PAX, you know, East, PAX West, but PAX Prime, uh, and PAX Dev, you know, which is still there. And uh, for anybody who who uh, is wondering what PAX is. It's like uh, basically a community driven conference that are held. Like there's about four or five held each year in the United States and like the four corners of the States. And I would definitely recommend going if you guys, you know, have the opportunity. Uh, but PAX dev is for developers or people that want to learn how to develop. And it's like two days, to three days in Seattle before PAX uh, prime. Or pa- so what it was is I basically, uh, got to meet, uh, I went, sat down at a coffee table because it was early and uh, because there was an open spot. And you know, I soon came to realize that there was a reason why that spot was open at the coffee table and that was because people that were sitting there were like God tier in the video game industry compared to like where I was. So when I went around and introduced myself. I had just met you know Gordon Bellamy who uh, worked for EA initially, created Madden. Then he went on to Tencent, where he uh, told them to invest in this game that we all know as League of Legends. Then, you know, he's done the Wave VR. He also teaches UNC. You got Sean Maker, who runs all of Pride in Los Angeles. Uh, and then other people have created a bunch of video games. They essentially introduced me to everybody at that PAX. And that's where I was able to create so many connections into the video game industry that I decided, you know, I'd always love video games, that and that I wanted to pursue them as a career and as a consultant, while also dabbling in other industries. But yeah, it was probably that packs that solidified that what I wanted to do. And while I was working with you know various video game companies, one I was also uh, I can never give it up, but I'm also always competing in some video game professionally. It's Overwatch, and then the last time I was at PAX uh, Primal PAX West was when the summer was when Fortnite had just launched, and there was a walk-on summer skirmish. And I'd never played Fortnite before, so I decided, hey, let's wait in line, give it a go, and who knows, made you know top top uh, 32, top 16. To get invited to another Fortnite skirmish and then another one and yeah that is a brief summary
0: <laughs> Hi. I think. so uh when i first spoke with you um andrew that story took like an hour and 40 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i was wondering how long it was going to take this time <laughs> i was
1: trying to like you know cut it down brief everything like chop 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 chop
0: Oh, no, it's absolutely fantastic. And there's just so much to unpack. Um, So before I do, like I start every interview, though, with one question, I'm going to ask you the same question. I kind of get a a feeling I know where you're going to be at on this one. But uh, on a scale of one to ten, ten being high, how weird are you, Andrew?
1: Weird. Well, oh, I guess prior to that question, I'm also a the U.S. Junior National Badminton coach. Uh, which is uh, actually funny because it relates to esports now. Because uh, I'm actually going to be doing, I'm partnering with the CIF, the California Inter- Interscholastic Federation of Sports, to bring esports to all of high schools in California. But so, going back to how weird I am, well, if you were to relate me to the today's current gamer, I would say I'm not weird at all. But if you were to let me during, like, when I gamed, oh, yeah, I'm definitely weird. But when it comes to what my choice of clothing, uh, I am not afraid to stand out and be like, you know, you'll always be able to spot me at a conference or a convention. Uh, my terminology is always mixed up. I, you know, in business speeches, I've accidentally said, like, acronyms for video games and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's like a seven.
0: I appreciate that. You know, I, I kind of feel the same way, you know, growing up, you know, you and I are, I'm a little older than you, but it was kind of, it was weird to be a gamer back then. Yeah. You, you hit it a little bit, unless you were talking to other gamers. No, you hit it,
1: <laughs> like, I mean, and I don't want to say like, you get bullied for it. Like, I mean, I put sports on stuff, but even to those people, like, you know, if I explain like, oh, hey, I'm going home to play video games, like nerd. And you know that that was then, uh, and or, or it was like, oh, you're oh, you playing video games because you didn't have any friends. But at the same time, it's like it wasn't like that necessarily. And I think we've done a really good job in today's society to make sure that doesn't happen anymore.
0: I'm glad to hear that, you know, and I'm right there with you, weird clothing. I have a purple suit with a rainbow vest, rainbow tie. Oh my gosh. I stand out wherever I try to go too. <laughs> so, um, Andrew, uh, I would normally at this point kind of ask you about your gamer cred, but I think you just destroyed that question. So, <laughs> so Richard Scarry's Busy World, that's where you started, huh? Yeah. About how old do you think you were? Before you can remember, kind of old or?
1: Three. Because, like, three-ish, I'd say. Because, oh, my gosh, that, that song, Figaro, Figaro, whatever you want to call it, but when you're baking, that song, to this day, gets stuck in my head.
0: <laughs> okay, so I want to know, like, um, obviously, you kind of took a career in gaming. I think you told me when we were on the phone that you started in Warcraft when you were 12, and you ended up in Death of oh. Texas mm-hmm. at that age, too, which is hardcore, man. Like, hardcore. Um what, what kind of lessons have you learned that you've been able to translate from video games into real life?
1: How to cry like a man and hold back tears. <laughs> no, that's actually true though. Uh, you can see a lot of teenagers, youth, even young adults going to college, we don't get a lot of constructive criticism. Maybe we get criticism and maybe we get like advice but we don't get constructive criticism from somebody that's at like a senior management level in the workplace, which is what they were at Death and Texas. So I was getting what they they didn't have any ill intentions, actually. Everything that they were telling me was like for from the better myself. But me at the time the only thing I was able to comprehend was just like oh my god I did something wrong I'm being yelled at but then you know they they realized like okay maybe he's he doesn't really understand how to take constructive criticism so eventually so but I'm a a quick learner so they sort of like explained what constructive criticism was how you're supposed to handle it and how it will make you better and stuff like that and then to also give it to others once you graduate, you know, and you move on, you know, in your roles and whatnot, because constructive criticism is something that needs to be given, needs to be like handed out, because it's, it's incredibly helpful. Uh, you don't want somebody like saying, oh, you know, you're doing better, you're doing better, when overall you, you're still like really doing terribly, you're just doing a little bit better than you are, because that's not, that's not helping you at all saying you're doing better, you're doing better. No, you have to be blunt in order to, to basically help them get better. Uh, it, it, you know, a positive approach always helps, but there are some points in times where, you know, you need to be completely honest. And then uh, from there, just set, set basically, uh, I got taught the, uh, the goal method, the goal methodology, where it's sort of just like you make a uh, short-term goal which is like something you can accomplish either in a day or in a week. And then you make like, you know, like a midterm goal, which is something that's like a week to maybe like a month longer. And then you make like a long term goal, which is like a six months sort of like goal. And those goal oriented systems are something that like I use this very day. And that I got taught when I was 12, you know, and it's like writing stuff in journals too, writing things down anything that you need to remember, anything that you think is like, you know, if somebody says something that you like a quote or something, you write it down you write it down. And so I know everybody in today's world is all typing, 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 but I'm actually like, I will write in journal. I like, no, like, they're not really journals, but the notebooks, because I feel that when you write stuff down, you sort of get like muscle memory. So you remember it even more. But uh, yeah. So stuff that i took over from that, from Vivian's, it's definitely learning how to be criticized, learning how to hold back chairs, uh, but also learning how to apply the criticism effectively, uh, learning how to uh, spot my mistakes before other people spot them, learning how to um, strategize so as to not make those mistakes. And to think about and while I was thinking of how I'm not going to make mistakes, I would think of, I would also come to these conclusions about how other people can maybe not make mistakes if they follow similar things. So it, it becomes like, you know, in teaching in preparing for what's to come, which isn't just about video games, it's also about like, you know, the real world you know in life if you if you go into whatever you're going to be doing like here whatever event or raid or whatever work project you're going to be start to work on if you create like a pre-plan you know if you if you're organized and you have everything set up like you're going to be able to approach uh, tackle the situation and take uh, you know a much better approach at what needs to be done than if you're just going into it without anything
0: that is absolutely glorious. That was a just absolutely beautiful answer. If I wanted to, I could have ended the podcast on that. <laughs> That's so good. Um, what, what, how would you advise someone who maybe is 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that age range, who doesn't necessarily have that kind of mentoring that you did? because you were kind of just thrust into it? Maybe a lot of kids aren't necessarily in that position, but obviously those are skills, those are life skills that they have to learn. The earlier they learn them, the better
1: yes no the earlier you, you like you can learn them the better actually it is no matter what and uh but at the same time uh it does take like a higher maturity level and i'm not saying that i had a higher maturity because like i said you know i cried <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i cried multiple times like you know even my baseball coach did made me cry stuff like that these people you know they, but they were being honest and you know there's a difference between people who care and people that are just being like trolls and stuff. And that's what something, you know, if you're that, that, that age you need to be able to to notice what the difference is. You know, if these people are coming, if they are trying to help you, you know, then, and you're feeling a little bit teary, that's, that's normal. That's okay. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel whatever. You know, that's, that's actually good constructivism, but if they're just like being straight up rude and da, 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 that's, you, those are the people that you just, don't listen to and need to like shun away but um i would definitely say for people that you know if they think they're ready for those next steps to go out and uh it's not hard actually uh from what i've heard um to find mentors or to find people that they can ask questions for and whatnot because there's always going to be there's, you know, there's the top, top players or the top, top streamers. They don't talk to anybody, obviously. <laughs> but then there's those people under them that are just as good according to like like the stats or the ranking, but they don't have like any Twitch followers or this or that. And they're trying to, you know, get bigger or this or that. And, you know, those are perfect people to ask questions for. Or, and they would love, you know, to be mentored or stuff like that or you know or if you know maybe you're already in somebody's stream and like you're already like a moderator or something suggest them to create an academy or something because that's something i did when overwatch came out and i noticed i was already really good at overwatch i decided to create you know an overwatch academy which was you know basically me giving free lessons and helping people out you know as best as i to my best of my abilities but that was also something i was taught from day one is that you know uh, it is up to us, being the best in the world, to conduct ourselves in a manner as such. And if people ask us questions, we answer those questions as they should be answered. So uh, I mean, that's, that's actually like really kind. <laughs> and most people don't, wouldn't bother with the time and whatnot, but yeah.
0: No, I've, I've found that people who are top level are almost always willing to give. Yeah. The more you give, the more you get back. Yeah. Okay. So what is it you do today?
1: What did I do today? Yeah, business-wise. Uh, well, technically speaking, uh, a jack-of-all-trades is what you don't call it in the business industry, so you call it a consultant. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just like the way it goes. But yeah, no. So uh, I sort of went and carried into consulting. Uh Initially speaking, it started with since I already had so many gaming industry connections and sports industry connections, it'd be work it was working for gaming industry companies and sports industry companies. Uh, but then it sort of bridged off into since I live in the Bay Area to the different tech sectors you know and then um, also uh, because of my badminton sponsorships and whatnot I have with being Li Ning, uh I was granted opportunities to like train in China where I was able to meet up with a lot of the Chinese tech companies and moguls and they became my clients so what I basically you know do for the most part for these companies and whatnot is uh, overall I would say digital marketing, um risk assessment, brand promotion, brand awareness, uh JSAPR, yeah. And then sometimes uh just overall um partnerships uh yeah partnership negotiation.
0: Okay. So there's a lot there that I could ask you about. Um I would like if you if you're willing if you could give some advice on partnerships and then maybe um, I, I try to gear this show towards kind of the lowest end of gamers out there so the lowest of streamers not necessarily that's everybody but people who don't know how to make money doing what they're doing yet and then so if we have any advice for them on how to like rise up well,
1: and make money. so basically uh, I'll classify this as so when you start streaming or YouTube, it doesn't matter. Even uh, for most people, even if they get that decent following basis, decent you know number of live viewers, they probably still won't be making that much money. Uh, that's the reality of it. I know it sounds kind of harsh, uh, but that's where partnerships come in and that's where other sponsorships come in too. Uh, now, my my number one rule and i tell this to everybody and i told it to you is like um so are you at that point you know in time where are you're like you know should i be contacting people for a partnership for a sponsorship no, no no is probably what you're saying oh i'm not big enough or this or that well here's what you need to ask yourself uh what is the worst thing that will happen if you contact somebody for a partnership or a sponsorship they will say no. That's it. No. It's just a no. Oh my gosh. A uh, no. They're not gonna see you. They're not gonna they just no. And guess what? Then if they reply to you even and they say no, now you got a point of contact for when you grow bigger, and now you can propose them a better method in a little while, and maybe they'll sponsor you then. But overall, it's Unless you are actually going, unless you are trying, unless you're throwing yourself out there, you're never going to be able to succeed or get partnerships or sponsorships. Because the only way that these people actually reach out are to the the top, top players.
0: Okay. So that's advice you you could basically get anywhere. I love it. That's fantastic advice. Um, What specifically should they say? like which specific like division should they reach out to like, let's yes okay let's bolts
1: yeah so when when reaching out for partnerships or sponsorships uh and you're looking for like you know first off you need like uh, you never you're not going to be able to find a phone number because cold calling and stuff like that and is just not around today so yeah, when you're <laughs> so when you're looking for that email address to send uh because that's what you're going to have to do. I guess you could attempt to send them a Facebook message or a Twitter message to ask if they are currently accepting or offering any partnership sponsorship opportunities. But otherwise, you want to look for their sales, marketing, or public relations uh, email address. And then and that you're going to take the email address, and then you're going to send an email. And in that email, you're going to uh, either say uh, inquiry about uh, possible content creator partnership slash sponsorship opportunities or uh, inquiry about um, uh, streaming live streaming you know opportunity uh, partnership opportunities and then when you go down further obviously uh, w- what you don't want is you do not want a uh, a college textbook worth of, like, uh, why they should partner, like, why they should give you a sponsorship or partnership. And you don't want a massive email either. You don't want something that's super wordy in length. You want to keep it, uh, you know, not not too short and not, like, too sweet, but you want to be short and concise and matter. You want to get, like, what, basically, you're. you need to explain to these companies, like, what they get out why should they partner, why should they sponsor you? And even if you only have 50 Twitch followers and you're getting three viewers or something, uh this still applies to you because basically if you have a valid if you have valid reasoning and valid points that and net facts to back up what you're you know what you're presenting that states like, you know, okay, uh I'm going to I'm able to bring uh you know your showcase your brand to let's say you're streaming in like i don't know like el salvador okay well they they made it you know even if you're only getting that one viewer or something you know that you're bringing their product to a brand new market so that's just something that's that you can do that's unique so you essentially need to think about a is there anything that you do that's unique to yourself or unique to the people that you stream to that that uh the potential sponsor or partner that you're looking to acquire can uh, monetize on. Uh, also, you need to think of yourself as a, a brand and you need to think of yourself as, a, as being part of like the selling point, you know? So when I'm thinking about, let's say, okay, um, well, you we, will use this as an example, okay? It's like Diet Dr. Pepper. Okay, if I'm contacting Pepsi, well, down by Pepsi. But if I'm contacting Pepsi, uh, then I'm am going to be like, okay, so partnership with Pepsi. What can I do for Pepsi that Pepsi doesn't have already from all the other people that drink it and all the above that just drink it for free? You know what? What can I do for them that would make them interested? in you know watching partnering with me and in in doing so i need to write it in a in a way that's almost like a not a cliffhanger but it's sort of like a oh okay what does he mean by this you sort of want to get them you want to get them you want a a hook a hook line and sinker Basically, so there, you know, you need some, you need like a fact and then you need maybe like a half fact and then you need like a, like a, like a, like a, a mysterious, you know, open-ended something that maybe grab their attention to sort of like, what do you mean by that? Because the longer the conversation that you can get going with these potential partners or sponsors, the longer the conversation is, the better it is for you because that means that they're actually reading what you're sending them, (laughs) first off. Second off, you're establishing rapport with the person. Uh, And third off, uh, you're basically doing everything the right ways, and hopefully you're going to be able to secure some type of deal.
0: Wonderful. Okay. So a partnership would be where you sell their products? Yes. Okay. And a sponsorship is where they just pay you for whatever, a logo or a pitch. Or- Either they pay you in products uh,
1: because that's technically monetary. Uh, partnerships, they'll sometimes give you products uh, and then it's up to you to try to sell them, stuff like that. Or it they'll just be your partners in name. You have to buy the products. Sponsorships, that they, they can give you cash. They can give you their products, monetary products, uh, and then... They can give you both, and in return, you you have to have uh, like a, a certain set of requirements that they're going to give you, like having the their logo on your stream, uh, maybe saying something once an hour about it, um, things like that.
0: Okay, so um, I'm sitting here trying to think of what questions, if I was about to be trying to get sponsors and partners, which I am, so like, like what questions would I be concerned about? Um, and one of them would be like, if I'm looking for sponsors, like I want someone to pay me something. Is it is it just up to the company what they're going to do? Or do I have to ask? And then how do I price myself?
1: Oh, uh, so, so if you're looking to uh, get... Paid a if you're looking for a sponsorship for a monetary sponsorship uh, from a company like okay I w- I would like um, then you're going to a need to present them with a full project proposal about how, for the amount of money that they're going to be giving you and uh, a how you're going to use it actually helps uh, a lot like I'm going to be using this to like upgrade my stream da 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 da, da because that means they're they're investing in you. Uh, it, rather than, oh, I'm I'm using it to go buy a car. No, that doesn't, that, yeah. that's, uh, so I, I'm not saying you should buy either, but, you know, if you're showing them that, like, everything that they're, the money that they're giving you is being invested into making everything that you, like, your stream, your podcast, whatnot, better, that's something that will help, too. Uh, so initially, you want to determine, you want to tell them what the money is for. B, you want to show them, the, like, the effects of what the money uh, when used will be able to do for you and do it be able to do for them per se. So even if it's hypotheticals, it's just a list of hypotheticals, Uh, in terms of the amount of money that they're going to give you, uh, you need to look at it in terms of basically, uh, a, what is, I mean, if you're asking Microsoft for money, then okay, look at, they have a ton of money. But realistically, they're not going to give anybody money because they just don't do that. But if you're looking for like a local sponsor or something like that, and you know they can give like a little money, then uh, the safe the safe bet is to look at uh, basically don donations that maybe you've received in the past. You know, uh, what is the highest donation you received? Lowest donation you received? And then find a middle ground, or uh, basically uh, because that's something that. Uh, if this potential sponsor has done any homework on you or whatever, they're going to know that too, about the donation amounts and stuff, unless you have it blot, like, set to private. So they're going to know, like, if you're asking for $5,000 when the the highest donation you've ever gotten is, you know, 250 then they're obviously not going to give you $5,000 because it's like, okay, You've never gotten that much before, so why should we give it to you? So when being, so when sending a realistic, you know, number, you basically can go off your donation history or you can also go off of like, um, like I said before, if you're using it to invest in yourself, look at what you're investing in or more buying and then sort of, you know, give them like, that's why you're asking for this much money. And then when you're doing that, when we ask for it, uh, then you need to explain. Okay, how is that going to benefit the company once they, if they give you that money? What are you going to do for them? Uh, whether it's running, you know, social media campaigns for them by just like promoting their their brand, shouting them out. Uh, there's multiple ways you can do it, and that's where uh, sending them a not just like a, oh, I'll do this this and this for you, I would say, I would actually go a step further and say, okay, these are the different things that I can do in order to receive the the monetary sponsorship. So don't just give them like one or two options, give them everything you're willing to do and then let them choose.
0: Okay, fantastic. Of circling back since I'm the kind of person who likes my question being answered. So that's a yes. You would be the one, I would be the one or the streamer would be the one to make the request for the amount. Yeah. Unless determination. If, if,
1: if they, uh, sometimes they will give you, they will say an amount and that, in that case, you know, you can accept or you can negotiate too.
0: Okay. Now you said that you sent some information we're talking like a pitch deck of some sort, seven to 12 slides. Like yeah. Not too much information. You don't want to send them like a thesis. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, there's like a sponsor deck, which is is sort of like we were talking about this earlier, it's sort of like an investment deck investment deck. Only it's a lot less uh, I guess you could say where an investment deck is uh more oriented on how like these companies are going to be getting like and you know their ROIs from you uh, uh basically on investments. The sponsor deck is more so like how these companies are going to be able to grow through you. I guess that'd be the biggest difference through sponsoring you. So, uh, so I know those are similar, but they're also different in the matter of like, um, so with the sponsor deck, you're kind of, um, you could use the sort of brag about yourself a little bit. You know, you want to list your accomplishments, achievements, and then sort of list a little bit how they pertain to, to uh you moving forward and how they'll help you know how the sponsorship uh coupled with your achievements will just allow you to continue to grow and with you growing allow their growth to accumulate too whereas like the investment deck is something that um you're going to be listing your accomplishments yes but you're also going to be listing them in a sense of like oh okay uh, i've accomplished this this and that and that That's basically, you know, so if I continue at this pace, then I'm going to be, you know, making this month's money and I'm going to be uh, reaching these audiences in these tournaments. And then, you know, this is what I'm going to be worth in X amount of years. Whereas the sponsorship is more so like, okay, let's look at us now. Uh, Look at me now. Let's look at like, okay, how I'm growing now and how you can grow with me stuff like that.
0: Okay, beautiful. Okay, now thinking of other questions someone might be asking if they were going to be talking to you, um, should I only be shooting for one sponsor at a time or should I be like trying, like you said, the worst I can say is no. Should I just like flood the market with as many requests as I can and see who's going to take? So
1: for that, uh, actually, no, you shouldn't flood the market. So uh, you want to approach three to five sponsors at a time maximum. Uh, and also you should also you should not be contacting uh sponsors that um uh that share like so when you are looking for sponsorships you need to know the companies that you are talking to because if you're all of a sudden applying for a Corsair sponsorship and all that stuff and then you're also talking to Razer and doing something like that it's not going to work out because if you're trying to get one of the Corsair sponsorships you're probably going to try to show that you have Corsair products but then if you're trying to get the Razor sponsorship too then you got to have Razor products and what happens to somebody from Corsair is you know, turning into your razor stream or you trying to like, you know, acquire a razor or something like that. So make sure like there's no conflict of interest within the sponsors you're trying to attract. Another, uh, um, essentially what I like, my general rule thumb is uh, initially when going after those sponsors too is like to start, just start off small. I mean, it's always great to dream big, but like going after you know uh, a 2080 graphics card from like Zotac or Gigabyte or somebody is then the first thing you should try to get as like a sponsor. Uh, from, you know, potential sponsor. The first thing, like, you know, you want to look forward to get is maybe, and, you know, maybe it's a cheap pair of headphones, something like that. It might not even necessarily be, like, a top gaming brand. But once you get those first sponsors, uh, once you get those first couple, and then you, you, you know fulfilled their contract and whatnot then you're you're already building upon your sponsor resume so that when you go and you want to get Corsair for instance Corsair's gonna look and say like okay they've been sponsored before you know and then also once you're being sponsored make sure to take notes on like how your sponsorship is going like and and you can't just not do anything either because if you want to get more sponsors and if you want to get better sponsors, you need to have uh, proof and you need to have a show that you are able to actually contribute. And th- when I say that, I don't mean you need to sell anything, technically. You don't have to sell you know, uh, anything at all uh, when it comes to sponsorship. Uh, I know sponsors are probably like, if they're watching this, they're like, no, 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 no. Like He's like, that's bad. But uh, when I say that, uh, there's... Being a fantastic spokesperson and relaying like the the companies you know promoting the company in like a positive manner and letting and you know influencing you know hundreds of thousands of people, it, I think the company is going to take that over somebody who's making them ten thousand dollars any day actually. So there's a lot of different ways that you can actually help. Uh, well, you know, promote help your sponsors rather than think of it, rather than just being like, you know, a door-to-door salesperson or something, for example.
0: Fantastic, oh man. Okay, like I, I don't even know what else to ask you. Is there anything else like you should be telling us like as, as far as sponsorships, and we can move on if not.
1: As far as sponsorships. Um, do not be fooled into, yeah, so. Uh, just like uh, today in today's world, uh, this doesn't happen to me, but, um, for some people that are applying for jobs or workplaces and stuff like that, they'll be like, uh, all of a sudden they'll apply for this job. Uh, and it sounds, the job itself sounds great. Then they go to the job interview and it's like in a small little building and it's like sort of sketchy and, you know, they say they do this and that and they're making like minimum wage. Uh, there's some sponsorships that are like that too from these weird companies that are just like, um, that, that'll ask you to buy their product and then, you know, promote it and things like that. And then you're sponsored by them. And also, uh, so for those, for those types of companies, you, you don't want to have to buy in to promote the product unless it's something that's like, uh, that, you want to promote like of course there's willing to sponsor you but you have to buy like their mouse or something per se that's a that's an okay investment because and you're in the long run you're getting sponsored by corsair Mm -hmm. and you'll be getting benefits after you've proven to them that you have some loyalty but if some company is asking you to purchase you know like all their equipment no it doesn't work like that and then like or if they're asking you to like sell all this you know, don't do that. Also, you know, you, you're, you're going to have to sign contracts. So you need to make sure to review the contract you're signing for the sponsor to make sure they're not requiring you to sell items. They're not requiring you to do all of this. Like, that's something. Oh, and do not accept sponsorships from, like, the, um from, like, companies that sell, uh, s- that, like, a- certain energy drinks or or boosts or, like, like, um, like food and stuff because, well there's reasons why we haven't heard of it <laughs> and there's reasons why they're trying to get anybody to promote it. You know, it, you don't, sometimes it might be good, but it's to you to take that a chance.
0: Okay. So something you just said, um, would you uh, advise anybody to take a sponsorship, even if you've got nothing for it? So if Corsair came to you and said, we want to sponsor you, you're not going to get anything, but you can slap our logo on your stream. Is that yes.
1: What? Yes. I would actually, yes, I would. I would 100, no, 1,000% say go for it or to accept it, accept it, accept it. Because for me personally, it's something that I've, that I've done multiple times. I mean, uh, because, and then it's led into uh, having like affiliate links for certain like, companies. Like for example, for me, like Zillow. Like landing Zillow was just a partnership in name. Like I've been able to, it started with me just being partnered with Zillow, you know, the housing company, you know, that's like all of a sudden being like rocket mortgage loans or something for like, you know, video games, you know, it's a huge name that nobody else like really had just like Rakuten, you know, Rakuten, I forgot I say that like nobody else has had had that, you know, that's if you watch that stuff, but it's like, okay, they're willing to partner with me in name. Uh, to begin with but now you know if somebody if if anybody's watching this wants to buy a house use zillow i, I go to my uh you know link I know I you. And, and and i'll get a you know nice commission but see that after that after a year of me just being partnered with them and uh promoting them uh they were like hey you know what well we're happy with what you've done here's just an affiliate link in the rare case that somebody does use it and so all of a sudden see uh, the relationship is already grown
0: fantastic okay um, uh, there's just so much to ask uh, on the PR marketing side if we can switch over to there what are kind of the biggest mistakes you're seeing in the industry whether it's eSports streaming just gaming game, uh, business owners in general what where are people falling down where can they improve
1: well first off actually no this has to do with sponsorships too okay. but PR did it grammar grammar like Uh, if you're, if you're writing something and you're typing it like something that you did on aim or I don't know, people don't use aim anymore. That's like,
0: you really did yourself there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you know, if you're, you're, you're not texting a potential sponsor. You're not, you know, whatever you need to be making sure everything's written well, you know, uh, and that you're well-spoken. And then another thing that, uh, going into the public relations and whatnot is, you need to think of yourself as once you're getting these sponsors you you, you yeah. being sponsored by a company means that you are technically almost like an employee of that company and you need to conduct yourself in a manner that is befitting of that company so that means no you know stupid stuff, no things that are immature i mean it's always it's always okay to like you know relax and lean back and have you know days off but it's also not okay to like you know do things that you generally well that you already generally shouldn't do like bullying and you know whatnot but uh something that i noticed i did all the time throughout you know high school throughout college but then i stopped once i started coaching uh, high school i mean was swearing like um and uh I didn't realize this actually either until about a year ago uh, when I was at my uh, little cousin who's eight, uh, his his, sister's, his little sister's softball game, but we were talking about Fortnite. And I was saying, oh, you should watch my stream. And he says, I can't watch Twitch streams. And I go, why? And he goes, because they're uh, for adults. Da-da-da. And I go, well, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I watch YouTube. And that's when I realized that YouTube has everything censored. So that's something that you know you need to keep in mind or keep a note of. So if you can just reduce or eliminate yourself from swearing, you're already going to be able to market your content to so many more people. And you're also not going to get in any type of trouble. Like uh but the one thing I would say to remember is that once you get sponsors, you need to behave and act in a manner accordingly like I'm not saying you need to be the next princess or prince. Like, you know, well, the Royal family is a terrible example right now <laughs> since they're in turmoil, but you know, you, you basically, you should always try. You can be yourself. You can be a funny, wacky person. You know, I'm not saying you should ever stray away from who you are. I'm just saying you should, you should conduct yourself in a manner that like, you know, you're not, a that nobody would be like, uh, that nobody can question uh, your behavior or your attitude.
0: So impeccable character. I love it. Yeah. Integrity. Yeah. Okay. um, Let's focus on you for a second. What skills would you say you have that made you so successful?
1: Inside of video games? Well, outside of video games, uh, social... Being able, being like uh, an outgoing, sociable person. Uh, like it's always, I've played sports. I've always, it's always been easy for me to walk up to a random stranger and start strike a conversation. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a girl or if it's a guy. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also not that person that will go and flirt with every girl or whatever. I treat almost everybody like as the same as like a human being. Uh, you know, whether uh, it's a he or a she, a they, uh they. <laughs> so that 's something too, and uh something that I will that I think everybody should keep in mind is like uh having an open mind if If you go into a situation, any situation, whether it 's online whether it 's you know at home in school if as long as you have an open mind you don 't necessarily have to agree with anything the person's saying or what 's being told, but as long as your mind is open, that means you 're automatically not going to be shouting what comes to mind, what, what, what you're thinking this because you're, you're, you're at least trying to have that open mind. So as long as you have that, an open mind towards all uh, everything that you encounter, you're gonna make a lot less mistakes, a lot less embarrassments, and you're going to understand things a lot better.
0: Okay, I love it. Two ears, two eyes, one mouth. Exactly. Okay, so um, what resources have you been relying on or what resources would you say anybody else be, be able to use?
1: Resources for.
0: um, Where do you do your research? How do you, like, what tools are you using? What uh, companies do you use? You know, mentors. Oh well so for research and stuff
1: that's everybody basically has their uh, i everybody has their own ways of researching things and taking like notes and compiling data i'm a huge data person so because i believe whoever controls like data controls the world <laughs> so like I, I any type of data that i can get i will keep and like save and then compile it and compile it and compile it, and compile it until you got terabytes of data, and I'm not even joking. Uh, and you know, I, I'll even look into like the top data companies, which charge millions of dollars a month for like memberships. And then I will some I will try to talk to them to see if there's any way that I can get some of that data uh, that they have by doing by giving them other data. So it's sort of like a trade. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, great ways to find data on different companies are a when the companies release like their their either their quarterly like uh reports, things like that, like press conferences, uh anything where they're gonna be talking about like, you know, state companies, things like that. Uh anything where people ask questions. Forums are another great Uh, way because people are going to ask these things too on the forums about like sponsorships or FAQs. Uh, It still
0: blows my mind to hear people say use forums. Wasn't that like 10 years
1: ago? No, no, no. I mean they still have forums and stuff I think I hope. (laughs) Yeah, showing my age I guess. (laughs) But no, uh, essentially there really does need to be uh, there's so many people that have tried to do it that have tried to create like a online platform defining sponsorships and partnerships, but they 've all failed <laughs> because like the main companies just don't join like that 's usually how it is, and then it just falls through, so there really isn't any like one central thing that you can find or you do but in since today's world has discords for everything uh, you know you have social media for everything, basically you know. Y- If you have questions or if you, uh, you know, you want information, just ask, just ask all the, like, I have over seven Discord accounts because you're, you're only allowed to join a hundred of the uh, servers per each account. Uh, Have you ever reached a limit? If you know what I'm talking about? I
0: barely use Discord. I had Oh, I have okay. <laughs> I need okay. to be
1: on Discord apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so for, like, you know, if you're looking for sponsors, right? So, you know, you're looking at, like, you know, say you want a Samsung monitor, you want a Corsair keyboard, you want a a uh, an Asus mouse, you want a Rode microphone, da-da-da. So, you're going to join. Those are all different, you know, Discord groups, for example, something like that. You can only join up to 100 of them per account so that's where you make i didn't make second accounts council all that stuff so i could join just more and more and more and then i'm forming an established, established establishing a relationship with you know the actual people in the companies and whatnot and then uh i'm trying to and you know first impressions are also key so you know you want to be kind you want to like get your point across in a short, concise matter. And then, you know, if everything goes well, they give you some helpful information, you, you should thank them and then maybe like every now and then go back and say hi. You know, you want to cultivate a relationship because cultivating a relationship is cultivating connection. And eventually, you know, that connection can help you maybe get a sponsorship, maybe get a partnership. Like, yeah
0: okay um let 's talk more about kind of your business at the moment, so i'm sure there are other gamers out there who may have had a somewhat similar track, maybe you know not exactly the way you did it, but they came up through gaming, they got involved in, the, in different organizations they got sponsorship they they had success, and now they're looking at doing the consulting work how do you How do you value yourself as a consultant
1: so for me personally, for consulting uh I was lucky enough just to have like a a family friends uncle who does who basically teaches uh all of the people that want to become the top consultants for like McKinsey and Company, Boston and Co., those top firms. He's basically like their their um their military instructor for their, their drill instructor. Uh, so I was lucky enough that, you know, I know him and I was able to do like w- all these workbooks that he has and, had and all that stuff. Granted, they're from the 1980s. But funny thing is, is that those 1980s workbooks, you know, are still relevant today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I would definitely say, um, you know, if they want to get into the consulting, it's not st- dumb to, if they haven't taken any college courses based on, like, business or things like that, to, to go take one at a community college, you'll actually learn a lot. Like, because uh, I've had some friends that, you know, um, uh, that are currently, they, they were part of esports organizations, but they wanted to, like, sort of, like, they wanted to expand their role, so they went and took, like, you know, a small businesses course at, like, a community college, and they said it really helped them a lot. So that's something I would definitely throw out there. But, um, you know, transitioning into becoming a consultant is more so uh, consultants are kind of like one of the harder things to become. Uh, I mean that I don't want to like discourage people from becoming consultants, but consultants are all about connections who, you know, and you already have to have like an established like uh, rapport. Uh, otherwise you need uh, like the college degree and the experience, but I mean that—that that is to say, if you can also teach yourself everything, and as long as you can apply it, uh, then you're fine. So in that matter, uh, if you, you know, if you still want to become a consultant uh, after you, you know, you like been doing this, then a way for you to get experience is to actually do volunteer work for different organizations, nonprofits, you name it, and then use that as sort of like your resume. Once you start, uh, trying to take on actual consulting jobs.
0: Wonderful. Um, I'm going to go back to my question for a second though. So I know when I try to advise, I do coaching and a little bit of consulting. I prefer not to do the consulting. I love the coaching. It's all mindset. Um, but when I'm advising people on and getting into the business themselves, one of the hardest tricks is getting them to understand how much they're worth. So, you know, to, do you charge like 50,000 a head, a hundred thousand a company like for, Oh,
1: like that sort of thing. You mean, Oh, you mean like contracts? Like, yeah. uh,
0: and you don't have to give me anything specific. Just no, no, no. Yeah.
1: Much. So, uh, it's it, essentially speaking, it, goes into i guess knowing a little bit about hr and like what companies like offer their employees to begin with because uh you basically need to look at it as like okay if they're hiring you as a consultant but for most cases it's because it's sort of like they have a their company has like you know a minor injury and you're like that band-aid or those stitches that they're bringing in to fix it so like um or they don't have enough of a certain role and they just need you to come in and to basically help patch you know things up so uh we're not lawyers i'm I'm gonna throw that out there so we 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 don't charge those high premiums you know uh but at the same time you know don't undervalue yeah who you are and what you are as a consultant either now the the first things that uh, that when you're looking for like what you can charge as consultant is, is do you have a four year degree because that will automatically tell you to make more money and be able to charge more money I know it's sounds stupid but that's just how it is in today's world so do you have a four year degree Okay next is work experience do you have at least uh, three years work experience that means you're not going to be entry level anymore if you have more than Six to seven years experience, then you're going to be getting that part of closer to the senior nah, senior uh pay pay rates and the way to think of these things are is that when i'm uh submitting contracts and whatnot if it's for like a one time thing like a risk assessment, then I generally have a one time well, it's it's a flat fee uh that's paid basically uh half up front half on completion uh something like that. Whereas other things that if I'm doing like in the digital marketing campaign for like a set duration of time uh, or like for like six months or something, then it's paid just like any other workplace, like paid monthly or something like that. And then I just look at, okay, these are, this is how many years of experience I have. This is uh, what I'm doing and this is like what the pay in this area is accordingly. So you, you look at it pay by hour sort of thing uh i generally don't the only times i'm charging like a actual set number flat fee is like if it's like a singular base project or something like that with like a set set time set time limit set parameters nothing can really change too much then i i'm gonna have like a number in mind and that number is something that i've like worked out and it's a, it's a number that i also raise or lower depending on the company's status too like you know i'm going to charge microsoft a, hell of a lot more money than i'm going to charge like a startup That's for right. instance but you know also you you can say like you can give the other company like you know a number like you know for a risk assessment you know uh for risk assessment for like a new for like microsoft's new surface launch right Uh, I'll probably charge, you know, anywhere from five to 25,000. Yeah. That's, that's absurd. Probably people are thinking, Oh my God, but that's normal for consultants. Yeah. But that, that's actually going to take me, since I'm working on this alone, that's going to take me at least, uh, probably 400 hours worth of work doing all the data, doing all the, everything that goes into the risk assessment. So when you times all that by hours and pay all that stuff, like, it's actually not it comes out to not actually be like too much of like uh whatever of uh overkill or like you know but like when you're just starting out uh it's best to look at things from um like like uh a don't ask for money up front you can't really do that because uh when you're starting out you know you don't really have that repertoire that once you have like, you know, all these reviews or you have all the success, yeah, then you can ask for everything up front. Uh, but even then, even now I, I usually, you know, let people, uh, I usually do half up front half, half completion or like, uh, for some companies, if they're startups, whatnot, you know, do payment plans or this is the best advice I can give. You do not have to ask for money. You can ask for stock. And stock is the smartest thing to do because see companies are only able to give an allotted amount of money to outside contractors per like annual quarters and whatnot, but stock does not count as in as that as money allotted. So they can actually reach in if they have available stocks and stuff and they don't actually have to touch the budgeting and they can get, and they can give that to you in an entire structure now that's something you'll need a lawyer for uh, to like write it up, but that's something that I learned. Uh, like, oh, you know, if they you don't actually have to ask them for money, you can ask them for stock, and it's really benefited me.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh that's been this is so awesome. Uh, I'm gonna have to bring us in for a landing. We're uh, it's been quite a quite a trip here so far. Uh, before I do, I want to I want to kind of humble you for a second, if possible. Um, if that's okay because you have just demonstrated your abundance of knowledge. You have this amazing background You've had all this amazing success traveled around the world done all these things. I want to know um, What's something you failed at? Because I don't want everyone to think yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, that Everybody is perfect, right?
1: No, um, let's see. So uh, Obviously, you know, technically I, I did fail in making the next World Warcraft I was only able to make like, you know a, a zone uh, but no i failed uh I tried my very first uh consulting company and whatnot uh I tried to create the it was something that was called corporate uh oh what was it called corporate it it was a consulting firm that was basically that that focused on in corporate communications internal communications and it failed because a I really didn't know what corporate communications were at the time. And this is when I had just gotten into consulting. So I didn't know about workplace politics or any of that stuff. And that's what corporate communications are and whatnot. And at the same time, I also went into it like uh, thinking that, you know, okay, I had been successful this time before that was just going to be successful, but I wasn't. And uh, you need to know when to jump ship (laughs) too, but I guess another thing that I've failed in is uh, that I really fail in is like website design and development Um, and like projects. Like I will have all these great ideas and I will go and I will start them. And then I have piles and piles and piles that I've labeled of like each project that I have yet to get to. And they date back to like 2014 like You're that's an just
0: entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> like that's just how it is but i mean i fail on on you know not a daily basis but on a weekly basis i mean reaching out to sponsors stuff like that i mean i'm not going to get every sponsor uh, everything uh and then also you know uh it's what's it called uh, it's something that like you know i live with my parents until you know i finally made it you know basically as a consultant making good money and then I still live with my parents though too till I was able to afford you know a house (laughs) because you know if you you have kind enough parents you know living rent free is great till then you till you can afford your own house because paying rent is a lot of money you know so that's always a tip so I mean I don't maybe they don't have failure but yeah but uh oh Something that yeah we'll talk upon is mentors, 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 mentors. So when searching for mentors, like you know something that you can look up, like it's like meetup groups, like you know the meetups app. Like I don't know if you have that or something like that, but like it's everywhere. Yeah, meetups like the. the you might think they're stupid or I thought that for the longest time, but then I started, I've started to go to them and you'll meet a lot of interesting people. And the thing is, is you should always listen to what everybody has to say because they're going to have a different life lesson for you. And the more life lessons you can accumulate, the more open-minded you are, the more well-rounded of a person you are. And then, believe it or not, some of those life lessons you will remember at the weirdest or life moments, but they'll be able to help you in what you're doing.
0: This this interview has been absolutely magical, Andrew. Like It's been so wonderful. Uh, how do people find you? Where, where do they get in touch with you at? Uh,
1: LinkedIn, first off. Say, uh, I am on you know my like 100th website attempting to create but that will be up soon at you know instantsmilegaming.com uh at smile instantly for twitter twitch is you know instant smile basically anything instant smile is is me because yeah
0: so, uh, we're, we're going to wrap it up now, but is there anything else that you want to, you know, give out is, is something I didn't ask. It's something like your last chance to give some advice here. If you're, you know,
1: if you throw out a hundred emails for sponsorships and you hear back and you get 99 no's, but one, yes, you need to think of yourself as a success, not a failure.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It only takes one. Yes. To be rich. Exactly. Okay. Andrew LaRock, this may actually be the best interview I've done yet, <laughs> It's just so action packed, so much information. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, Gamerpreneurs, please go back and listen to this one again. Please, there's so much. I'm gonna go listen to this one a few times myself. All right, on that note, I'm gonna say, all of you, y'all take it easy. Yep. Have a good, a
1: good President's Day, huh? Yeah.
0: Hey, if you like this podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out a little bit more about me, Dr. Bradford Carlton, Gamerpreneur. If you go to my website, www.thegamerpreneur.com slash bonus, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book, The Warcraft of Business, where I explain my history in both gaming and business and how I brought the two together in order to create some very successful companies and help a lot of people. And all you gotta do is pay for shipping and processing and I'll send you this book. I I absolutely know you're gonna love it. All right, you all take it easy.